BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, I'm Whitney Port and this is With Wit. A lot of you may know me from reality TV and the reality is a lot's happened since the hills. With Wit is dedicated to having real, raw, and occasionally ridiculous conversations with the people who have had a profound impact on me because on With Wit, very little is off limits. Subscribe so you don't miss any of the amazing conversations to come. New episodes of With Wit are available every Tuesday on all platforms. Hey, girl. Hey, welcome back to my weekly podcast, Taste of Taylor. I'm your host, Taylor Strecker, and right now... Let me introduce you to my guest. It's me! Hey, girl, hey! Uh, Yeah, today I'm going to do a solo podcast. A lot of podcasters now, this is like the trend, the thing, are doing the solo podcast. And, um, yeah, I mean, I saw Caddy Harrington wearing army pants and flip-flops, so I went out and bought army pants and flip-flops. You know what I'm saying? It's funny. I talk a lot for a living, and I've talked a lot for many years. And even though I did a four-hour talk radio show, no music, some commercials, but all in all, four hours, Monday through Friday for years at the ass crack of dawn, I am still intimidated by a solo podcast. I don't know what it is. Maybe I'm just conditioned to always have somebody to bounce off of, but my fellow podcasters have been doing it, so I'm like, you know what? I have to do a solo podcast, but it's got to be something that I'm an expert in. It's got to be something that I feel a passionate about. So when this Britney Spears documentary popped up, I mean, everybody is talking about it. Uh, When this airs, they'll still be talking about it. There will probably be new developments, but, you know, we're only a few days off at this point, and I have so many strong opinions from this new documentary that basically came out late last week, and I just was like, this is it. This is where you will do your solo podcast. I'm old enough that, like, you spring chickens that I remember Brittany like with the semi-adult adolescent brain you know what I'm saying so and don't try to figure out my age by the things I'm going to tell you about my fandom and my journey with Britney Spears but I was in high school when Britney first came on the scene and it was I don't remember if I must have been watching MTV and I probably saw the hit me baby one more time. It's actually not Hit Me Baby. It's Baby. Parentheses, one more time. It came out on MTV. I saw it. And I mean, 
I promise you that I had no idea. Like, I wasn't a closeted teenager or adolescent or even adult. I thought I was straight. But the way I felt about Britney Spears should have been an indication of many things. I was, you know what it was with Britney? And it's funny because my fiance Taylor and I talk about this all the time. Because she genuinely didn't know that she was gay either until I would probably say for her college, me, obviously, late in life lesbian. I know. I can hear people screaming, we know. We know you're a late life lesbian. You guys, we get new listeners all the time. Bless and believe. I have to keep everybody up to date. Jeez. So anyway, see, I'm able to interrupt myself. It's truly amazing. Anyway, so Tay and I, we have talked about before that like we didn't realize that we were gay but like the way that we were crushing on like a celebrity or like I don't know like an older girl or something probably should have been an indication and the way I felt about Britney Spears was (laughs) I mean I was obsessed but like Tay and I always say we didn't realize it was sexual we just thought like we wanted to be them so for me it was I was never like I have a crush on that girl it was more like oh my god I wish I were Blake Lively and now ironically my fiance looks a lot like Blake Lively humble brag and uh i do realize now that i was in love with blake lively so i guess i knew longer deep 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 down inside than i realized um but that was me for britney britney might have been my first (laughs) i want to say sexual awakening but if i'm really being honest here yeah i mean i did have a crush on george michael (laughs) again should have known. Um, I was like, he is the manliest man in all the land, and I love him, and I will grow up to marry a man just like him. So with Brittany, I was just, I was of that age. I was 14, 15-ish. I'm a couple years younger than her, and she was just, I don't know what it was. I mean, the song, the single, Baby One More Time, was so provocative. We all know that. I mean, the male fantasy, right? It was like a, like a, uh, softcore porn video essentially she's she was really checking all the boxes of hidden everybody's sexual interests and this is the other thing too that is interesting she I remember thinking oh I like she looks like me like girl next door wearing Abercrombie and Fitch but it was also like a body type thing like she was fit as fuck and had a killer body but like when she first came out like she was a normal teenager she you know like I I remember I hated my legs growing up because they were like athletic and muscular and then when Brittany came out I was like oh that bitch has some thighs on her she's thick like me but like that's the thing is growing up I didn't really have any quote-unquote like normal looking thick role models I had the Olsen twins and they were like toddlers (laughs) maybe I was sexually attracted to Britney but in my mind it was like oh like being sexy is a thing that isn't horrific and I want to dance like that and I want to dress like that and I want to sing like that I want to talk like that I want to be like that so from the jump off I was a huge fan I'm such a fan this is how you know someone's a real fan of Britney Spears okay Uh, at least early years so I went down with my friend Kristen we got on our rollerblades and we went down to Walgreens and not to brag we lived by a strip mall growing up and I was like, I have to get the Britney Spears single because this is this is the time where your girl bought CDs and they only came out like as singles at Walgreens. At least you had to go to like a Best Buy to get the full album. So I got the single and there was a bonus track on the single and I would play the shit, you guys, till it just scratched up and wouldn't play anymore. I was in my bedroom doing the dance moves, singing along, imitating Britney's voice. And after Baby One More Time, Autumn 
goodbye, you got it, came on. And it's like such a deep Britney track. And if you don't know it, go listen. Hopefully you can find it. It's fucking amazing. And if you know, you know. I never promised you a happy ending. You never said you would make me cry. But summer love keeps us warm long after Our autumn goodbye, autumn goodbye, autumn goodbye Thinking of you and the times of our lives And the sweet summertime So sad but true, so sad but true Okay, I'll stop Okay, so Please, please be listening still I'm so sorry I did that Anyway, big Britney fan well, I was in college when Slave for You came out because I remember going to the gym because I hate working out. And I was going to the gym and Brittany was my gym inspiration. Okay. Like I would listen to Slave for You on Repito and I would run on the treadmill like at an actual running speed. And the only thing that got me through like 45 minutes on the treadmill was Brittany because I was like, I will look like her. And it was like, I was rocking, you know, my, I don't live with my mom and dad anymore, guys. I could wear whatever I wanted to wear. So I was wearing the low cut seven jeans they were tight 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 with a little bit of flare at the bottom like I know you're gonna be like no you weren't I swear I'm not bragging and I'm not delusional I had a Britney Spears body I did I did I did I had like medium-sized boobies nothing like to write home about but like a fucking flat washboard stomach and like and a booty and a thigh and like I was Britney and Britney was me I mean minus the blonde hair but I was like I could channel Britney vibes good with that bootay and that flat, flat tame and I remember because in college I thought I was like so cool and you know I listen I'm like oh my god I listen to like jam bands and I go to mow down so the fact that Britney like still held space in my mind means something like again like I was still a fan I never fell off and it was while I was in college I got tickets to go see her in concert on whatever that tour was it was in 2000 and like I think it was four and she canceled her North American tour because of a knee injury. But then we kind of all like found out that it maybe had more so to do with Kevin Federline. And I, before the concert, before they canceled it, I was going with a friend of mine. And I mean, don't forget guys, I'm like potentially of drinking age at this point. I'm like early twenties, maybe even 21. Like I could buy a beer at a Britney Spears concert. So I was like trying to pick out like my skankalicious outfit that I was going to wear to the show channeling Brittany and I found this bag <laughs> and at this point in my life I was an adult I knew better than to purchase this but I went this is how big of a freaking fan I was there was a store that sold like tchotchkes which I hate but anyway in this moment for whatever reason I walked in and oh, there was this purse it was literally like a stop and shop shopping bag okay that was decoupaged in tabloid pictures cutouts of Britney Spears, like all over it, like serial killer vibes. And then they attach like this, like silver, like fake silvery, like ball chain um, on either side of it to make a purse out of it. And I was like, oh my God, I need that bag for the Britney Spears concert. Because I, I mean, that is true psychotic phantom. Like I was wearing a bag that basically said it was a serial killer wall bag 
to show Britney Spears how much I loved her. And then the, it got canceled and I was fucking livid. But I still love the bitch. But it was like right after my college years that shit started to go downhill real quick. K-Fed, right? And it's not all K-Fed's fault. But like that's when she had the kids and that's when their divorce happened. And so then, you know, there was all this, this custody shit. And that's like when she shaved her head and then had that horrible give me more performance. Oh, my God, at the VMAs. I was so upset. But I still, like, loved her. And then a couple years later, I was working in radio. It's interesting because, you know, I'm a sensitive Sally, and people, like, DM me super mean things and, like, write me terrible reviews for my podcast and my radio show and things like that. And it hurts my feelings, and I'll talk about it a lot. Not here on Taste of Taylor, but on my radio show, I'll, like, scream at people. (laughs) and call them out for being mean to me. And I get a lot of DMs from those assholes and they'll say things to me like, well, Taylor, like you talk mad shit on celebrities and you're our celebrity. Like you talk shit about the housewives and you're the housewives to us. So like, I mean, really, isn't that hypocritical of you? And to that question, I say, yes. Hello, have you met? My name is Taylor Shrekker. I'm highly hypocritical. But the difference is, is first of all, those housewives are fucking, most of them loaded, okay? So, that's not fair. That we we have to be on a different playing field than one another. But touche to bring up the fact that yeah, I do. I talk like when you're in radio, you kind of talk shit for a living, you know. I mean, to some degree. And in the beginning years when I worked at Sirius and all the shit was going on with Britney, I definitely jumped in the bandwagon of like making fun of Britney and not taking it seriously, just being like, that girl's crazy. And in mine and everybody else's defense, it was a different time, right? We weren't super PC and we didn't understand mental health and talk about it socially the way that we do now. But I definitely still loved Britney, but talked plenty of shit about her. I wasn't compassionate I wasn't sensitive and it was just like oh Brittany's lost her mind she lost her hair she lost her mind she's lost her marbles but like that's what we all did right and we thought nothing of it and that was like at this point we're talking like 2006 I was like fucking 14 ish let's let's call it a decade right like that I've been like covering Brittany and talking about her and like maybe not being oversensitive but still being a fan I even over the Christmas breaks, I was driving home to my parents in Boston and I was looking for podcasts to listen to and my fiance and I listened to this Britney Spears podcast. I actually promoted it on the show, Taste of Taylor. Um, It was an ad, but we listened to it and it was fascinating. And I felt like I got a glimpse. Of course, it's like, I know the novel. I know the memoir that is Britney Spears' life to a degree. But even listening to this podcast, it was fascinating because they did such a deep dive into her early life that I really never knew about. And they really got candid about her dad, Jamie, who we now know is her, you know, in charge of her conservatorship. And it was the first time I've ever heard the perspective that like Jamie's maybe not a good dude, you know, like I thought he was like kind of like a stage parent or whatever, but this podcast went deep into like, you know, his troubles with alcohol and money and just like his behavior and the fighting with Lynn and like what the kids were subjected to Brittany, especially, So that was the first time I was like, oh, damn, maybe there is something to this like hashtag free Britney movement. This episode of Taste of Taylor is brought to you by Birchbox. Love Birchbox because your girl beauty expert would be a overstatement to describe me. Really what it boils down to is that most of us want a simple 
and personalized way to explore our beauty options, especially if you're like me and you're less, let's say, beauty obsessed and um, a little bit more, as Birchbox puts it, beauty casual. So if you don't know, Birchbox is a service that exists to simplify all of the beauty and grooming products that are really out there and options for you. Birchbox really believes that the best way to get to know new products is by trying them and also having expert guidance. They have fantastic products. Anything that I do know about beauty, I see it on Birchbox so they know what's up. I used to work at Cosmo Magazine Radio. So I had a bunch of friends that worked at Cosmo Magazine and I would get to like go in the beauty closet, but I would be totally lost in there without them. And they'd be like, you need this for this and this for this and this for this. this, this. That's like Birchbox. It's like having a friend on the inside. Every month, the experts at Birchbox, they select five samples that are tailored to your unique beauty profile. And they're going to put together a cheat sheet that tells you what to use and like how to use it. And it's all wrapped up in this gorgeous designer box. And the best part is that you can test drive the products at your own pace and on your own terms. And when you find something that you actually like love, that you can go and buy the full size on birchbox.com. And then you earn loyalty points doing it. And everything is just grand. And my favorite part, if something is not for you, you haven't spent a ton of money and time and effort finding that information out. What are you waiting for? Join the Birchbox community today by heading over to birchbox.com slash Taylor and use my promo code Taylor to get 50% off your first box when you subscribe for at least three months. Birchbox.com slash T-A-Y-L-O-R. Again, that promo code is Taylor and Birchbox, B-I-R-C-H-B-O-X dot com. And now to the podcast. I had a moment over the summer where I got like sucked into the free Britney movement and I started to like do the conspiracy theories and it's like, oh my God, she's like, somebody said wear yellow and today she's wearing a yellow peasant shirt and walking back and forth in front of the camera on her Instagram story. And she's speaking to us. She needs help. And I got like real sucked into it. And then like all this news started coming out about the conservatorship and, you know, like all this legalese that I couldn't decipher whatsoever. But I kind of was like, okay, listen, she's not mentally well. Mental health is a real issue. Her parents are probably doing the best they can under the circumstances. Like, I'm sure we don't know the full story. I believe, and I've talked about this with um, one of my co-hosts, Darren Carp. We have talked about this idea of fame. And when someone becomes famous, they're almost like stuck at that age forever. So we're talking uber fame. So Darren, she's Andy Cohen's assistant, amongst many other things. But she was saying how like Andy's pretty well adjusted or Andy is well adjusted because Andy became famous, famous, like when he was in his late forties or fifties. So he was a full blown adult by the time fame hit him. So you're more well equipped for it. But when you're like a child, like that's why a lot of child stars don't make it out of Hollywood. I mean, normal is because the fame hits them at these formative years, these really important years. And that's kind of why it, irreversibly fucks them up forever. And the ones that get out, it's like blessed through the hard work of their parents or themselves. They like made it through, but I feel like they're the exception to the rule, not the norm. So let's look at Britney. She hit her fame at 16, 17-ish, maybe like 18. And so when I would like look at Britney Spears' Instagram, I'm like, well, she's just stunned as an 18-year-old. Like, look at look at her Instagram. She dresses like she's literally in two, the early 2000s. Same with the hair and the makeup, you know, like the subject matter is very teenagery. And I kind of just chalked up to like, well, that's just Britney. She's like, she's really good at dancing. It's like, like not amazing at singing, but like she's an entertainer. She's the whole package. And like, she's hot. She's got a flat stomach still. And like, that's just like what Britney is. Like, she just kind of, 
I guess in my mind, I kind of thought she was just like an entertaining puppet. It's not nice, but that is how I felt. And so with all the conspiracy theories, I was like, those are just conspiracy theories. Those people are crazy. We'll cut to this week when my eyes bing, were wide open. And it's this documentary that's on Hulu. And if you haven't watched it, you have to watch it. Even if you think you know everything there is to know about Britney, I am promising you that you actually don't. And this is not an ad, by the way. This is just legit, like... I have been in a Britney Spears K-hole ever since I saw this documentary. So basically, it covers Britney's life and it covers like the way the paparazzi played a role in kind of her demise. And again, you're not going to learn like a ton of new things about Britney and her life because we were all there watching it. I mean, reading it in the weekly tabloids, um, reading it on PerezHilton.com, watching it in front of our very eyes. But don't forget, through the lens of third-party people, right? Through the narrative of third-party people. I, like, it occurred to me watching this doc, like, if Britney Spears were at her height of fame now, right, would she be where she is today? Or would it be different because she would be in control of the narrative? And I know you're thinking, Taylor, have you seen her Instagram? So we'd be getting that at an even younger age. But here's the deal. In the documentary, I firmly believe, because they interviewed people that were close to her, and there was, I think it was a backup dancer, somebody who was on tour with her. And he was like, if you think for one second, Brittany is a puppet, you have another thing coming. He's like, she is so in control of her brand, in control of decision-making when it comes to her career. Like she is a boss bitch and she is a powerhouse and she is respected by the people that work with her and around her. So to think that like, she's this ditz who kind of people just like place on stage and it's just like wind her up and she dances. It's actually not the case at all. If this guy's telling the truth and I do believe he was. And that was the first time I've ever seen Brittany as somebody who like at one point in time was in control. And they show like all of these interviews with her with like Matt Lauer and fucking Diane Sawyer, who's just like infuriatingly, bias and opinionated and just like shaming her and it's wild because even though I'm a fan of Britney's I don't remember that coverage because that was like the coverage for like the conservative parent you know and something that's very interesting is Britney Spears height of fame kind of came out um at a crossroads where there was a whole Clinton scandal and that was the first time that we were really talking about like sex oral sex I guess that openly in pop culture. And so I think Britney got sucked into this idea of like, our kids are being oversexed, right? Our kids being me. I was one of those kids. And for whatever reason, Britney became the scapegoat. Like she became the poster child of the girl, the vampy sexed up girl. And while that is a part of her dancing and her outfits were like, you know, racy, I think at the core, she was like a pretty sweet, normal girl. And when she would do these interviews, she'd be getting these hard-hitting questions like, why wasn't she a better role model for the youth of, of America? And I am telling you, Brittany answered with composure. She answered with eloquence. If that's even a word, Brittany would know. She's fucking smarter than me. And she, like, she was very impressive, especially under such intense shaming and scrutiny. And it's like I almost forgot. It's, it's almost like... The Britney before the Britney with the umbrella and the shaved head, I don't even remember her anymore. Even as a fan, it's almost like I forgot her. It was almost like all I remember is the Britney who did like, you know, school. it's like she went from schoolgirl outfit with pom-poms to like immediately slave for you and like was like up in the club doing God knows what and then like kissing Madonna. Like that's 
in my brain, my little feeble brain, that is kind of the representation of her. And there is so much more to Britney Spears, the talented pop star, the boss-ass businesswoman that, like, we all forget and I think we don't give her credit for. So this is why I love this documentary that uh, New York Times Presents has. It's on Hulu. Check it out. Because it showed a side to Britney that I think... It won't be like, oh my God, I never knew this. It'll be, oh my God, I forgot this. Or, oh my God, I guess I was too young to process this. And it's really, it's a deep look into sexism. It's a deep look into the impact the paparazzi and tabloid culture had on celebrities and us. It's honestly a deep look at our country, at America, at our society and the way that we treat celebrity and I don't know about you and I can't speak for everyone but my fiance looked at me when I was watching this with her and she said I can't how can all these people do this to her you know and I looked her dead in the eyes and I burst into tears and I was like I'm one of those people and I mean on a small scale yeah of course I'm gonna say I'm a Britney fan but on a small scale and did Britney Spears ever hear that I was making fun of her on Wake Up a Taylor on Sirius XM radio I don't think so but what if she did and I feel like a fucking piece of shit I really do like I could honestly burst into tears right now thinking about the way I felt after watching the documentary and if for nothing else like yeah you'll learn more about Britney but it, I think it will bring I hope it brings about compassion and I think at the core of it, the most important thing, at least for me, that the documentary did, it made me tap into my self-awareness and be like, bitch, uh, like you were mean and you made jokes at the expense of somebody who was going through such a hard time. I would be a liar to say that I didn't partake in some of that stuff. And it really is interesting now because we're going through this wave of massively PC culture, which I am here for. I am here for us evolving and becoming better as a society, okay? However, within that evolution and growth with the good parts, there are some bad. And what some bad parts are, and I see like even on a small scale in my own little world, are people being hypocrites and not taking responsibility for the things that they were necessarily a part of. You know, it's very easy to sit back and point your fingers at all these celebrities that are doing things that you don't agree with. But I bet if a lot of those people took a hard look in the mirror, they would be like, oh, well, I, well, maybe I did something similar to that. Or, you know, oh, God, that reminds me of the time I did X, Y, and Z. And I'm ashamed. I'm so happy there wasn't a fucking spotlight on me when that occurred. And I wonder how many people are going to watch this documentary and be like, Jane, we're going to watch the documentary and be like, Diane Sawyer is a bitch. Oh my God, Matt Lauer. I knew, I knew, I knew Matt Lauer was a piece of shit. And like, they're going to be like, ugh, the paparazzi, disgusting. Ugh, Justin Timberlake, I hate him. He's such a dick. But I really wonder how many people are going to walk away like me. And yeah, I'm giving myself a fucking pat in the back. I love therapy. I try to be self-aware. I'm not perfect. I'm fucked up. I can be a hypocrite. I make mistakes. I am flawed. But I like to take responsibility for the shit that I do. I like to try to take ownership over the shit that I've done wrong. How can I grow if I can't acknowledge it? The first step into resolving an issue is to admit that you have a problem or that you were a part of the problem or that you contributed to the problem. And so when watch this documentary, like... It was like a fucking therapy session with myself. I don't know if New York Times intended it to be that case, but if you did, bravo, well done. Because I literally was like, I was a part of this. And so many of us were a part of Britney's demise. And 
here we're gonna we are we're gonna sit on our pillars of judgment being like that was so fucked up what happened to britney poor britney i can't believe everybody treated her like that guess what you probably did too so if you follow me on instagram you probably saw that i posted a slide i was like dear britney i'm sorry and i know earlier this week courtney love and a bunch of other celebrities were kind of coming out saying britney we're sorry and you know i get what that is it's like the free britney movement has been going on for a long time i mean chris crocker that guy he was so he is a prophet so ahead of his time right leave britney alone remember how much we all laughed at him i mean but he was right leave her alone leave Go to sleep. Go to sleep, everyone, and leave Britney alone. Another thing that I took away from this documentary was, holy shit, those free Britney people, like, usually they're just crazy conspiracy theorists, but I was like, oh, shit, those free Britney people, they knew what they were talking about. She did wear the yellow shirt because she was looking for help. Shit. I envied them for, like, being... So ride or die and so steadfast and so like protective over our girl, Brittany. She's genuinely a national treasure. She is. And going back and watching all that she accomplished and when she accomplished it. And then she fell so far and like a fucking phoenix rising out of the ashes. She came back with like circus and her Vegas residency, still the queen of the world. And the reason we don't see Britney Spears anymore is because Britney Spears has said she's not going to work until her conservatorship is maybe not even over, but at the very least that her dad's not the one in charge. And y'all, this shit is real. Like she is in some fucked up shit. And I remember a time where I was around a lot of people with a lot of money and money makes people do really fucked up shit, okay? That's what I can say. And trust me, I still find myself like looking at trust fund babies or like people born to wealthy families or these celebrities that make all this money. And I'm like, oh my God, life must be so much easier. But the reality is, yeah, having like some money definitely helps. But I think that there's a point where the wealth just gets to be so prevalent and out of control that it starts to it's just like power and money and fucked upness and like that is what Britney Spears is in and there is a world in the world of money where this shit that Britney is experiencing it happens to people you know like people marry into money and then they have to sign all these papers about like you know for maybe let's say like life insurance I'm speaking hypothetically and then they realize that they're gonna have what's that word what's a conservatorship and then they watch the Britney Spears documentary and they're like thank god I didn't sign that paperwork like really this is like some the shit that rich people do or when there's money people get engaged in And it's bananas. And when Britney, you know, signed on to be under the conservatorship, I think she was doing it to get her kids back. And now she's like stuck in it and it's really hard to reverse it once you're in it. And it's just crazy to me that it's taken me this long to see it. I want to issue a formal apology to Britney, the queen of my world. Thank you for getting me on the treadmill. You know what? I'm going to have you get me back on my peloton now and like Brittany I am sorry let me issue an apology I think we should all issue you an apology for mistreating you over the years not believing you over the years thinking it was you over the years not having compassion for you over the years 
making you a punchline over the years. I mean, this woman is, she's incredible. She's a superhero. She's gone through so much shit. She's been to hell and back, and she is still thriving. Now, I know we have to work on her Instagram, but I have a very solid theory that once Britney is out of this conservatorship, and I believe she will get out of it, we are going to get to hear Britney's full side of the story. We're only still hearing half of the people. There is so much more to be told. And like Felicia, not by Felicia, ha, Felicia, this is Britney's like basically assistant, chaperone, kind of like second mom, big sister figure, if you will. She believes that Britney will come out of this and will have an opportunity to speak. And I am so here for it because I think this is a story that's going to blow our minds. And I think that Britney's actually way more of a role model than any of us even realize. She's been to hell and back and she's still standing. Yes, she's rolling up her boxer briefs and showing that midriff. I mean, hey, honey, if I had it, I'd flaunt it too. And she's spinning around and around, but she's just dancing to kill time until she can get on a fucking platform and spit some truth. I think that the Britney we're seeing right now, I think it's just a facade to get through until she can actually speak her mind. And I think she's going to go down in history as being like a pinnacle of female empowerment. I know, I know. If you've watched a documentary, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't watched a documentary, you think I sound insane right now. But I'm telling you, it is, it shook me to my core. And am I getting a little too sucked in and taking this a little too seriously? Uh, I don't think so, (laughs) if I'm being honest. I think at the end of the day, we have all been disrespecting Britney Spears in our different ways for many, many years. Some might even say decades. But I think that there's going to come a time where we all realize that we need to respect Britney. I mean, I can tell you this. If I was in her shoes, I would have given up a long time ago. I get one mean DM on Instagram and I literally go off it for three weeks, okay? This girl is like, her life isn't even hers. And she is spinning and she is popping and she is locking all through Instagram all day, er day. She's creating her own little fashion shows. She's just trying to keep herself busy until she has time to speak her mind. And I'm here for it. So this is like, honestly, this podcast, Dear Brittany, I am so sorry. I will never doubt you again. I will never question things again. I will never blame you for this again. I am on your side. And Queen, I am so here to watch you yet again rise like a phoenix from the ash. Okay, now let me just get off the soapbox I'm standing on. And uh, yeah, that's it. I'm going to leave you guys with that. I'm going to go listen to Autumn Goodbye because that's what my soul needs right now. And let Britney be a lesson to all of us, okay? I think it's time that we stop putting celebrities, especially female celebrities, on such pedestals and stop forcing them to be role models when they're just fucking people trying to get through. And I'm holding myself to that standard. But housewives don't count. (laughs) Just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We know they're not role models. I'm just kidding. (laughs) There's so many housewives that I love. Um, So the ones that you know who you are that I love, 
I respect and love you. The ones who I don't love, though, I th- these rules not apply. <laughs> anyway, guys, uh, that is it for us this week. I guess I should say for me this week. Um, please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. And also follow your girl on Instagram at Taylor Strecker. I am. I literally hired a coach for Instagram. Yeah, I did. Um, she's my friend, and she's a comedian, and her name is Jesse Jaws, and she's amazing. And she is helping me out with my personal Instagram page because, yeah, I need a coach. Uh, but please, please follow me at Taylor Strecker. I'm working very hard over there with my coach, my Russian gymnastics coach. So please check it out. And, yeah, that's it for us, guys. Until next week, bye, girl, bye. <laughs>